greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. to the Hogan Era Podcast. I'm your host, JP. John Paz right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling 
podcasting empire, a part of the TMPT feed each and every week here on the Hogan Era podcast, talking about the greatest era ever in the history of the wrestling business, 1984 to 1993 in the WWF. Most people call it the golden era, but it is, of course, all predicated on the immortal Hulk Hogan. Therefore, it is the Hogan era. It's the era that also made Vince McMahon a retired billionaire who is last seen walking into a New York City restaurant with a female companion and John Cena and John Cena's wife. So very interesting there for uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon as he's enjoying retirement in New York City. But the, like I said, the reason he is a retired billionaire is because of the immortal Hulk Hogan. He's the one without Hulk. It all doesn't fall into place for the WWF, and it all doesn't fall into place for Vince. So as far as here on the show each and every week, we've been talking about some of the greatest feud moments, matches ever in the history of the business, all, of course, involving Hulk Hogan during that predicated awesome 84 to 93 era. When you look at the Hogan era just in general, man, it's just how some of the greatest feuds of all time, if you just look at it, Hogan versus Piper, Hogan, Andre, Hogan, Savage. Today, we're not going down that route as far as just these legendary feuds. Going into something that I want to talk about, they really only had one match, but we'll talk about their tag run as well. But it's just such a rare match. I wanted to talk about the Beverly Brothers. And it came up because I saw the video was available on Facebook. And I saw it a while ago as well because I was writing down some of the best matches the Hogan era. And I wanted to include 93 because there's not many matches outside of Money, Inc., and the Mega Maniacs, but there's a match on Challenge, Wrestling Challenge, and it's never really be able to found. I haven't been able to find it really on YouTube or Daily Motion, but I was able to find it on Facebook video. So Wrestling Challenge TV tapings on 3-9-1993. The Mega Maniacs, Bruce DeBar, Beefcake, and Hulk Hogan defeated the Beverly Brothers, Bo and Blake Beverly, in seven minutes. Just a great little TV match there. It's funny seeing Hulk kind of relegated almost to the, to the tag team division and, and feuding with the, the Beverly Brothers for a little bit. But, you know, it was just really a tune-up match or a warm-up match, getting him ready and getting Brutus really ready for WrestleMania 9, where they would fight Money, Inc., Ted DiBiase, and IRS for the tag team titles. But it's funny to see him cheat. And, you know, if you go and you watch the match, you'll, you'll see I wasn't able to include it on here because – it's hard to get uh, the audio off of that video for whatever reason. So it's kind of a rare thing and very hard to come by, but please check it out online. Check it out on Facebook. It is a great little short match. Like I said, perfect seven-minute TV match. Really interesting to see what Hulk does in the match and almost cheat a little bit. You know, you're seeing a little bit of a different side of, of the Hulkster. But really, he needed a tune-up match and, like, you would think to yourself, when the hell did Hogan ever come face to face with the Beverly Brothers? Or when the hell did this match ever happen? This is odd. Like, well, here's your little tune up on Wrestling Challenge in '93, right before WrestleMania 9. And he had the Beverly Brothers. So it's just so cool to just kind of include this in here because what I wanted to do in the Hogan era was really talk about obviously matches and feuds that he belongs in, but I also want to get into some of the rare matches and matches you may not have seen or heard of or you, you should go out of your way to see or they're super rare. I love that, whether they're unreleased matches that are on like the Hogan unreleased DVD or the Macho Man unreleased DVD or that's just the unreleased DVDs that WWE puts out or even some matches you could find on YouTube that don't even have any information on them other than you know maybe where the match is but nowhere where, you know, where else to find them or anything like that. So it's really just a cool thing. But also wanted to mention that this match is available on a Coliseum Home video as well. So it is out there. It's just really rare. It's on Grudges, Gripes, and Grunts. 
So it's not a very popular Coliseum video. It's not very, you know, well um, circulated, if you will. But it's out there on that Coliseum video, like I said, on Facebook as well. So I love kind of getting into the weeds a little bit and getting into some of these really rare Hogan matches that, quite frankly, I might have not known exists. And really, maybe a lot of other people didn't know it existed either. So I love this kind of stuff. Uh, and we're going to get into that kind of the weeks to come. We have a huge few that I kind of on purpose haven't really covered yet, which is a top five, top four to me, maybe even top three Hogan feud of all time that we haven't even delved into yet. Maybe maybe you might need a special guest for that one. Maybe I'll do one by myself, and then I'll bring in a special guest. But that is going to be a good one coming up. But really, the Beverly Brothers, man, just looking at their run, just I'll go through it briefly because I know I mentioned this Hogan match, and you should definitely go out of your way to see that. But as far as the Beverly Brothers themselves, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom really started out in 1989 in the AWA. Obviously, both trained by the legendary Eddie Sharkey. And if you go back into my archives on TPT, I actually have an interview with Eddie Sharkey. And we try to run down and run through every guy he interviewed. So really good stuff there. There was a point where they were managed by Johnny Valiant. They would, of course, in the AWA, have the magic ring attire. They'd be carrying the sledgehammers to the ring. They were known as the Destruction Crew. They briefly feuded with guys like Ampatera and Brad Reagans. Um, they'd have different challenges and different parts of the feud. They feuded with Greg Gagne and Paul Diamond as well. They beat Reagans and Paul Diamond. I mean, they had a, a pretty nice run. They would be the uh, tag team champions of the AWA, eventually losing it to the Trooper, and who was, of course, Del Wilkes and DJ Peterson. So they had a nice little run there as far as being a tag team rookies of the year. PWI, but by the end of really 1990, AWA was effectively on hiatus and basically would shut down entirely in May of 1991. So the Destruction Crew really, I mean, they were a popular team. They were a good team, but really just had a short run at AWA just because the AWA was basically headed to be closed down. I mean, they were basically done, but they were just a great team, great tag team, great win-loss record. I think a lot of people will remember the We Will Rock You Queen song that they come out to. So while they were still AWA champions, tag team champions, they were able to work a little bit in WCW in the spring of 1990, just, just because, you know, they're, you know, basically gone from AWA, but they're not officially dead until 1991. So it's basically, you could say they're on hiatus or they're, they're in flux. So they're able to do WCW and they were Minnesota Wrecking Crew number two, managed by Ole Anderson, who was a part of the original Minnesota Wrecking Crew. They were under mass at this point. They had a brief little feud for the NWA Tag Team Championships with the Steiner Brothers. Of course, the Steiner Brothers would win all those matches. And then, of course, the the, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, a.k.a. the Destruction Crew, would be gone. So very, very short stint there. AWA closes down. So they effectively had nowhere to go, really. So they would go to Japan and work a lot of matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They would challenge Keiji Muto, a.k.a. Great Muta, and Masahiro Chono for the IWGP Tag Team Championships unsuccessfully until 1991 when Enos and Bloom received a tryout match for the WWF at a wrestling challenge taping. Then in May of 91, they were transformed into the Beverly Brothers, Bo and Blake. Of course, Bo was Wayne Bloom, and Blake was Mike Enos. The Beverly Brothers were now wearing the really, I guess you could say, flamboyant purple tights and those awesome capes. 
there really were kind of uh, aristocrats almost. I don't even know how to describe them, but the gimmick was really kind of two rich, spoiled rats with, with great hair, originally managed by the coach, a.k.a. John Tolos, and then eventually by the genius. They really made their television debut on an episode of Superstars on June 22nd, 1991. Defeated a bunch of enhancement guys and, and a bunch of other guys kind of on their way. Their real pay-per-view debut was winning. In 1991, Survivor Series, part of the team, they were kind of launched into feuds with the Legion of Doom and especially the Bushwhackers, whom they defeated, if you remember correctly, at Royal Rumble 1992. They also feuded with the Natural Disasters. They unsuccessfully challenged for the WF World Tag Team Championship at SummerSlam 92 against the aforementioned Natural Disasters. By the late part of 1992, however, they would primarily be used kind of as a... You could say enhancement team, but they would really, you know, they'd have a bunch of wins, but they would really be putting over the veteran teams or teams that they're really trying to put up, put over. So, I mean, they were kind of primarily jobbing a lot as a tag team as we kind of go through 92. And they were on the losing end of an eight man elimination tag team match at Survivor Series 92. And then they, of course, defeated by their old rivals, the Steiner brothers, in a great match at Royal Rumble 1993. Check that one out. It's good stuff. So through the late 92 and 93, they also found themselves in a bunch of kind of comedic matches, and they were actually paired with little Louie, and they would have um, a feud, I guess you could say, with the Bushwhackers and Tiger Jackson. But really, their kind of mainstay and their main feud was, I guess you would say, against the Bushwhackers, good or bad. I mean, that's just kind of just what it was. And that was kind of the run really for them. It wasn't, you know, too prolific or too great, but you know, 91, 92, 93, they had a good three year run there and that's pretty damn impressive. But as you, as you know, Vince didn't really pay as much attention to the tag division, maybe as he should have, or pushed it as he should have, but they did have some good matches with LOD, with the natural disasters, some good comedic matches with the Bushwhackers and obviously a really good match. It's Royal Rumble, 1993 against the Steiner brothers, Wayne Bloom actually would leave the WWF in April, 93 and kind of semi-retired from pro wrestling while Mike Enos stayed there for a while. He retained the Blake Beverly moniker and he kind of remained in the company for a few months after that and mainly was an enhancement talent on a bunch of the syndicated shows like Superstars Wrestling Challenge, etc. Really, they would kind of reunite a little bit in, in in like a revamped AWA. They would re-show up in WCW and had a brief run from 97 to 98 and where they would team together. And then obviously Wayne Bloom would kind of semi-retire again and Mike Enos would stay in WCW for a while, but that is outside of the Hogan era. Really though, if you look at it from the, I guess you could say May of 1991 to all the way till 1993, basically April 93, they had a good run. And for a while, you know, they, they had a bunch of big wins. Like I said, Survivor Series 91, them and the Nasty Boys defeated the Bushwhackers and the Rockers in a pretty good match. So, I mean, they, they did have, you know, their fair share of matches. SummerSlam 92 being in the pay-per-view, losing to Natural Disasters, Royal Rumble 93, like I said, against Steiner Brothers. So they did have some significant runs and some good stuff. Their last real match together as far as a tag team, they lost 425-1993 in the WF during the Hogan era to the Bushwhackers in about 14 minutes, 30 seconds, part of the WWF European Spring Tour, and that was in Italy. So good stuff there. They also had a match against Money, Inc. that a lot of people remember from 93, April of 93, April 12th to be exact, and Money, Inc. defeated them in about 13, or 12 minutes and 30 seconds 
on Raw from the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. A lot of good matches, a lot of feuds, a lot of house show matches with the Steiner brothers, but this isn't one of those kind of big time feuds or really things that, that are going to be remembered so fondly and so so grandiose here. This is just one of those rare Hogan matches that I wanted to get out there, wanted to talk to you about, and want to briefly talk about the Beverly Brothers. One of my favorite, just rare random tag teams. I always liked Bloom and Enos. I, Bloom and, and Enos. I liked them in the AWA. I liked them, you know, after after the fact. I was seeing them in New Japan. They're very cool in their tiny little run WCW. But really, as the Beverly Brothers, love the gimmick, love the look, love the style. They have the shaker height drop which was the Beverly, uh, the Beverly Brothers bomb, the Beverly bomb, if you will, that awesome finisher that would legit, you know, maybe even hurt some necks and do some damage. But, man, did it look effective. So go out, of, go out of your way and see the Shaker Heights bomb or the Beverly bomb, as they like to call it. So really good stuff there. But let's head towards the plugs. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. This is kind of more of a short and sweet one, but I'm going to make up for it here at the end. And we'll give you a bunch of golden Beverly Brothers matches. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week for a little Hogan Era Podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies brother. Feature time here this week the on Prime Time Wrestling. It's a girl monster along with his lordship, Alfred Hayes, here at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. Six-man tag team action. And this is bound to be fast and furious. Every one of these competitors really pass in his field. They rely a lot on speed, especially Coco, and of course the, the rocket, Owen Hart. Max Moon too. Unfortunately, I'm sure we'll have a poem here, Albert. I want to hear this. Really Ladies do. and gentlemen, a poem from the genius. Oh, that's a nice introduction by the thing. When I remove my cap and gown, then all of you will see the beauty of the genius and the brothers Beverly. Wonder how many nights you laid awake thinking of that, Albert. Well, it was a little bit short, but not too sweet. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I don't think Shakespeare or somebody like that, or Lord Byrne, would think much of it, but... Tremendous ovation erupting here for high energy and their partner, Max Moon. As the confetti and the laser beams go flying here. Frankie very conspicuous by his absence. Frankie goes to Hollywood. I think so. The Parrot. The Rocket Owen Hart. What a wrestling family. Brother to WWF champion, of course, Brett the Hitman Hart. Yes, old Stu must be really proud of his boys, huh? And one of 13 children, Alfred? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Stu was certainly busy, wasn't he? He was, yes. I, I don't like to think about that, but he was a busy man, yes. 
Genius appearing to be in uh, relatively good shape, Your Lordship. Yes, he does. He, he keeps himself. Anyway. He keeps himself very fit. He works out hard in the gymnasium. He pulls around on the mat. He's always ready to go into the ring at a moment's notice. And we're going to see how good he can be tonight against uh, the, uh, the Rocket Owen Hart, Coco Beware, and Max Moon. Of course, Bo and Blake, dangerous always. They have that killer instinct, Alfred, that you spoke of earlier on. Yes, they do indeed. And this is Bo oh, look inside the ring with the rocket. But what a beautiful counter and kip up by the rocket right out of that arm ringer. And he got a couple of nice uppercuts for his efforts. Yes, he did a rather crude finishing to those superb finesse moves executed there by the rocket. The crude blow, of course, coming from Bo Beverly. Look out, shoulder block, finds the mark, another kip up, and a leapfrog. Drop kick finds the mark. And beautifully delivered, too, by the rocket. Into a neutral corner, backbreaker, yes. Oh, well executed. So well executed. Now, cameraman giving us an inside ring look at that, too. And another close-up here by our cameraman. They really do take some very good pictures. How uncomfortable it must be, Your Lordship, to match him. Try to do his thing in that outfit. Yes. It looks like a very heavy, heavy outfit for me. I certainly wouldn't want to be in that situation. Oh, he went to the well one too many times. Nice counter. Backslide coming up. He didn't try with the legs, your lordship. No, but he did execute that so nicely. And I think that was a token warning to Beverly. Watch out. We're taking... Now, oh, small package right in the center. Two counters all. And I'm afraid Bo a little bit fresh for that type of a move at the moment. But as I said, I think they were token warnings what they can achieve in the in the ring. Quick tag made. And now the Rocket decides to make a tag of his own. It is to Max. Look at this. High-flying hip lock. And there was quite an ovation there for Max Moon as he obviously received a tag from the rocket. In he comes. Let's see how fast he can be. Extremely fast. That's what that news will do for you, Albert. Oh, look at this move. Spinning head scissors takes him over. Max Moon exciting his capacity crowd here at the Nutter Center. Somebody must have laid out a lot of money, Alfred. Mr. Nutter, in fact, to uh, get this building named after him. Yes, and such a beautiful building, too. All the facilities are here in this building. It really is a wonderful place. Oh, oh look at this! That's going to work here, cleaning the house with both Beverly's and a shot for the genius as well. Yes, a wake-up call there for the genius by Max Moon, and they've cleaned house. Everybody got involved. Coco, everyone. Time to regroup, guys. Whatever game plan they had coming into this one has sort of gone down the tubes. It has indeed. I think the genius has a bloody nose there from that shot by Max Moon. Well, genius has not legally been involved in this match yet, has he? No, I bet he's pretty angry now, though. We might see him darting into the ring. We haven't seen Coco yet. I'd like to see him in action. He's an exciting youngster. We're going to see the Birdman right now. 
He really is. He is so charismatic inside the ring. And the people just absolutely love him. Some instructions there, I don't know who to. I've seen Coco absorb some tremendous punishment and out of nowhere finds that energy. Well, he's going to have to do something here because Blake is belaboring him in the corner. And pounding on him too. Yes, he's doing that as well. Oh, look at this. Beautiful move out of the corner. No screwball trip from behind. Coco's always thinking two or three moves ahead at all times. Drop kick right into sternum. Blake goes down. Oh, from the outside. Wow. In the six man, you got to pay attention all the time. You do, and uh, his tag team partners were trying to call his attention to that danger that was lurking behind him, but he didn't hear them. Well, first of all, Alfred, you don't put your back to your opponent's corner. Or you try not to. Yeah, absolutely, you do try not to, and he didn't have to in that situation. Especially in a six man. But he's a powerful man, Coco Beware. And I'm sure he'll bounce back from this somehow. He has great determination. Right now he's getting his kidneys bounced on. Double underhook, takeover. And that was beautifully executed there by the Beverly brother. Well, I think Bo wants out of there. Yes, he's tagged his brother in. And they have such good tag team combination work. Continuity is so necessary to be successful in tag team wrestling as is obvious with the techniques currently being used by the reigning WWF Tag Team Champions, Money Incorporated. Yes, what a powerful team they are. But there are also many powerful teams in the World Wrestling Federation. Look at Genius in here. Genius with a couple of nice roundhouse rights and then collects one. And look at that. He wants out of there. His feet were moving rather rapidly, Alfred, but yes, he wasn't were, getting anywhere. He only took one shot, but it was a hard blow to the jaw, and he decided that wasn't the place for him. Nice cover here by Beverly's. Oh, so close. You know, you can't be a manager and stay out of the squared circle for months and months and months at a time and then decide that you're going to step back in there and be able to do what you did ten years ago. No, it doesn't work that way, Griller. It certainly doesn't, and... We saw the obvious signs of rust there, shown by uh, the genius. Kogo comes out of the corner with a couple of hard shots. He wants out. Just oh enough uh, energy there by Coco to attempt that escape, but it didn't come off. Beverly's are so good at cutting that ring off in half. Bear hug now being applied. Could be a very effective move here. It could be Gorilla, but he has a tremendous upper body, Coco Beware. He has such power in that upper body, and he does in the legs, of course. Oh, headbutt finds the mark. That'll buy him a little time. Coco trying to make it over to Owen. Did he make it? No. Close, but no cigar. Really close, but he's got to make that tag now. It is so important to his team. I'm sure they wouldn't like to have a, an L in the column by their name there, a loss. Boy, he's upset. He's upset with himself for being that close to the corner and not being able to make the tag. Oh! 
This will buy him a little time. He should be able to get over there now. Matt's ready to come in. And that really was a superb move there by Coco. He's struggling to get back to his corner. A little more effort needed by him. He made it. The rocket is in there. Dropkick finds the mark. And another one. I thought the genius was going to pop in there, but he felt better of it. He did indeed. He looked there and it's uh, detrimental to his team that he didn't tag in. Just to give them a little respite, the Beverly Brothers. They've taken the brunt of all the attacks here. Oh, what a nice power slam. Oh, I did like that. A tremendous move by the Beverly's. Look at this. Is Peter going again a mile a minute under? Yes. But he's not getting anywhere. His arms and everything, they're going. What on earth's going through his mind? Top turnbuckle goes to Genius. Boy, it'll be a long time before we see him put the tights on again. Absolutely. He's scrambling his brains up there, Max Moon, administering as much punishment as he can in a short amount of time. I don't oh. think he's thinking about any poems right now. Irish whip in now. Nice reversal. Whoa. And a boot for his trouble. Where's he going now? Max, top turnbuckle, high cross body, hooks the leg. Jameson. 
yeah. who I, I know quite well. Yes, you go out drinking with him. Oh, I don't <laughs> Well, I know that you're interested in his girlfriends. Your Lordship, please. He happens to be a very big fan of the World Wrestling Federation. Always has been. And Brian Donahue not doing too well here. Having his problems. I'm very anxious to see uh, genius get in this distance at this point. As Beverly Brothers, very effective using the double team. Donahue should be looking for his corner. Yes, when you, help. when you spoke about the genius then, I'm waiting to see that expertise he was talking about. How he can execute, if he can still. But the Beverly Brothers, they're, they're looking so sharp, so good. They form together as a team so well. They blend all their, their styles, match. Let's see how... Oh, gosh. Good right there from the genius. Oh, that was a shot indeed. Well, he has been staying in ring condition here. Power behind those blows. Donahue really taking a beating at the hands of the genius. He's not exactly trim around the waist, the genius, but he's still looking in very good shape. Well, that's uh, getting a little help into the corner. I think they got fed up with Donahue. They want to see somebody else, and it's Sonny Blaze. He's already in trouble. He hasn't been in for more than 15 seconds. Oh, oh the genius, uh, no, he's desisted. Trapped arm suplex. Oh, my word! Right on his head! Very dangerous move. Oh, I'm sure Blaze is thinking that now if he's uh, capable of any thought whatsoever. Snap suplex. Both Bo and Blake involved in that one. Genius likes what he sees. They took full advantage there of that five-second uh, cushion. A lot of variables uh, concerning that match at the Royal Rumble, Lord Alfred Hayes. Knows what might happen with Jameson at ringside. Yes. Not that he's exactly a physical threat, but he certainly is unpredictable, just like the Bushwhackers. Well, he's a distraction, no doubt about that. The Bushwhackers, yes, that is their cue. That, that is their key, I should say. Unpredictability. You never, ever know what is uh, coming. You cannot expect anything at all for the, those two. But, um... Good move there by the genius. And they have the genius with them, too. Look at this. Stuff by the genius. Like scissor. Well, he does look to be pretty sharp. He's looking very good indeed. Take back all I said about him. And for the first time, we'll see Larry Ludden. Although, uh, he's not very much better. Power slam. He's been treated rather disdainfully also. I'm afraid this team of uh, Blaze, Lawton, and Donahue are not putting too much offensive moves together. Wow, and slammed to the canvas. And the Beverly Bomb works again. Easy cover here. Three times victory here for the genius. Bo and Blake, the Beverly Brothers. Another look, Lord Alfred Hayes. 
Yes, there's that double suplex that they pulled off against Blaze. Here's the, the surprise of this match. Genius, really doing some great moves. And look at this destructive that move here. Surely the Bushwhackers are watching what's going on here, and I'm sure Jameson is too.